0: Welcome to another Velocity Juice podcast. I'm Flavia
1: and I'm Delilah. So, um, Tom and Tom, um, it'll be great if you could tell us a bit more about Superco and how you started the company, and a bit more about your background as well. That'd be great.
2: Cool. Um, I'll, I'll kick it off. So, um, Super. I mean, Tom and I've got. We go back. I mean. Go fifth, like ten years, fifteen years now. Mm. Friends from university, long time. Long time. We um, yeah, had the business, like really. I mean, came out came about quite randomly. Um, Tom had a small little um, build anything kind of agency. I had a very small little Shopify shop, and we decided to kind of collaborate on a project. And both decided we actually didn't like working by ourselves, and actually quite enjoyed working with each other. <laughs> um, and so we like we came up with the idea of basically building a shopify app that would allow anyone to get agency level service mm. through the app so we kind of yep. had this grandiose idea of like democratizing agency so that anyone with any kind of store could could access top quality designers and developers we quite quickly realized that the people who the clients would get through the app were like not not the kind of clients you'd want, put mm. it kind of politely. Um, and also Shopify told us you couldn't do um, agency services through an app. There was a, a clause in their contract that we didn't read and they didn't call out when we, we submitted the app. Um, so about a month in, they kind of got in touch and said, yeah, we're removing your app from the app store. But would you guys like to become Shopify experts? You're obviously kind of committed and interested in, in doing agency stuff. How do, How about you just become a Shopify
3: agency? So that was what, like... February last year yeah we should get a a prize for the shortest ever (laughs) (laughs) public Shopify app yeah they they, they okayed it and then removed (laughs) (laughs) it was it five weeks
2: or three years it was was really short (laughs) Um, so yeah that was like last February and then so in the last like 18 months we've gone from basically just him me um, and have ramped up Uh, we became Shopify Plus Partners uh, about three weeks ago which is there's only I think about Fifteen in the UK and probably about fifty globally. So the rest is kind of the cream of the Shopify like agency crop.
0: Oh um, man, I'm I'm so keen to learn a little bit more about what was the difference between the normal Shopify offering and Shopify Plus. plus. Mm-hmm. Cool.
2: Well, we can, yeah we can definitely touch on that um, yeah. a a bit. But yeah, we yes yeah, so we're now twenty
3: eight. Yeah, yeah twenty eight. <laughs> it's massive. <laughs> massive development. But, I mean, it's very exciting now. Now, kind of, we the the people that you can attract when you first start a business. I think this is kind of interesting for other founders. Mm. When you start, it's it's often difficult to get the talent that you want, and then, it's and, then you, yeah, <laughs> and then you yeah and then you and then you and then you build a reputation and like, you know, you kind of retain some great people, and suddenly you end, the the, end, the product and service that you're offering really kind of I turns think, into I, something. Which yeah, is I interesting. think especially
0: in service businesses, it's often quite difficult to get off the ground with the best people that you can attract even in a startup depending on how you're capitalized who's backing you whether it is a venture capital or angels it can very much predicate what talent you're going to be able to attract in a market 100%
2: yeah I mean we often we think of like hiring kind of like we think of sales like we've got to kind of the, the brand like that we're, we're building both attracts other big sexy brands we want to work with but also attracts Kind of great, talented individuals, contributors that want to join us. So it's like, yeah, it's you, you. Kind of you try to get the new big client, and then once you win them, then it kind of helps you get the next good, like piece of talent in the in the business, which then allows you to service like that even bigger, better client. Yeah. So it's kind of like building building it up like that so yeah. that's kind of what we've been doing for the last 18 months and we'll continue to do I guess.
3: I guess yeah it's the, it's the tension between like capacity and, and revenue yeah. and you're kind of trying to expand revenue as fast as you pack but you need to you need to like you know expand capacity probably a little bit faster or at least in line with with your revenue. Um it's that's yeah. kind of a tension that Tom and I have as founders yeah. Tom's 100% on revenue and then yeah I focus on the capacity side of things. Um, so,
1: what types of services do you provide businesses then? To be specific,
3: so um, I use this analogy the whole time, but like similar to an architect and a builder, we're kind of like design and build. Um, but our, our design service is very much about like technical feasibility, like is it buildable? Yeah. Um, well, increasingly, we've just hired a, a a very like senior creative director, um, and we're gonna we're gonna focus much more on like conversion um using this new ai tool to kind of test websites before you launch them um so Mm -hmm. we're gonna we're gonna go much more into like the 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 performance data space with the design team and then at at our core we've got a like really solid web development team
1: amazing
3: Um, so so yeah it's kind of like it's a design and build firm but applied Mm -hmm. to to e-commerce and shopify and then but then also yeah we do Kind of
2: ancillary services like kind of conversion rate optimization. Um, we're very focused in food and bev, or like kind of CPG, FMCG as as they call it here in the UK. I am British, but I'm just kind of gonna <laughs> spend a long time in America. I keep calling it CPG, and people are like, what are you talking about? Um, but like a lot of our clients sell consumable goods food and yeah. drink animal like animal pet care products um like cl- cleaning products things like that things yeah that you use things that are like eminently used like, so people want to buy again subscribable yeah so we, we we've kind of built out retention marketing kind of team as well so we do a lot of like mm. thinking around like loyalty but thinking around like email marketing, marketing like sms like push notifications things like that like um mm. like how how can you get your customers to Buy once, there's the kind of the CRO piece. Yeah. Buy again, subscribe, stay, yeah. stay stay subscribed ultimately and just oh, like okay. keep improving that lifetime value. So that's kind of a lot of what we're doing, we're trying to do more of now because that's just it just adds so much value to it.
1: That actually links into my next question. So I love asking this question. Um but there are obviously other agencies out there similar to yours working with e com businesses. So what is your super superpower? So what distinguishes <laughs> you, Superco, from other brands?
2: I mean, I think the retention piece, not many other agencies have, like, focus on that. A lot are like, yeah, we'll get you new customers. But we're like, let's take your existing customers and make them buy again. Or, like, get them on a subscription or get them signed up to a loyalty program and, and just kind of help kind of drive that, like, that lifetime value for you as, as a as a brand. Like, everyone knows how expensive Facebook ads are these days.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like,
2: why, why not try and make more of what you already have, like, from your kind of customer base instead of, like, going out and trying to find... Const- constantly finding like new customers but trying to like milk what you already have mm.
3: but it, but i, I guess to, to add to that instead of us you know just trying to build stuff for the sake of building it um it's it's about how do we make our founders um or e-commerce managers how do we how do we make their businesses more valuable um so i had a conversation this morning with one of our clients and they had like 5400 dormant customers and i was like why why are those customers dormant have you have you asked them You ask them why they haven't bought again. They've just bought once, 12 months ago. And he didn't have an answer for that. So he's going into a big fundraising. um, And he really should, should understand why customers aren't repeat buying. And if you can kind of tap into those reasons, you can start mitigating some of those reasons. And if you if you if you build that out, you get much stronger lifetime value metrics. So it's yeah, like definitely. working with the clients to prioritize and do the things that's actually going to add value.
2: Mm. And to kind of go even, go even deeper on that point, like I mean, we all know what like SaaS value SaaS businesses get valued out because they have that kind of recurring revenue yes. piece. All these businesses that well, not all of them, but a lot of them that we're working with have. That potential for subscription, which it isn't as like valuable as SaaS revenue, but it is a lot more valuable than just someone buying a T-shirt once from your business. So, like helping the likes of who whoever you were, to like take those five thousand dormant customers, get them to buy again. Then pushing them into subscription. And then you can, when you're going out and raising, and obviously, kind of Veloc- velocity, you, you guys help with um, like VC kind of funding. How much more exciting is a business to you if they come come and say, like, we've got 80% of our clients are on subscription?
0: I, I think, you know, I think you're, you're you know, we're segueing into a topic that is really, really precious to us because we obviously, within velocity, we have our VC funds, or debt funds. And we're seeing this um, emerging trend within. Consumer, uh, new brands and consumer businesses focusing on that repeatability. So they're working a lot more with Amazon, with subscribe and say. They're doing things themselves on their website. But I think that that happens so much later in their journey. Um, it's not something that they're envisaging from day one, which is quite interesting because now the technology and the infrastructure, the ability to put that in place already exists, is is there. Um, so kind of brings me to my question, which was so nice that we've stumbled onto this this topic. What do you think prevents founders from really thinking from day one? Um, what do you think is the stumbling block? Because I'm sure that people listening to our podcast series are probably, you know, considering or they might have stumbled upon the idea of consumer b- business, but repeatability as a SaaS company. Um, and of course, the valuation escalation, which comes with it. What do you think are the challenges? What what can we do players in the ecosystem to actually improve that?
2: I mean, with with the tech stack out there on Shopify, like using Recharge, you literally just plug it in. <laughs> it will take you about five minutes and you can have a kind of subscription offering. Admittedly, like most people want to buy once before they sign up to a subscription and there's limitless ways you can kind of optimize that, use marketing tools that to kind of drive drive people into that subscription. But from day one, there is no there is literally no blocker. I mean, recharge doesn't even cost you anything unless people are using it. So there is, there is, interesting. There is like no blocker for brands that are selling consumable so goods
0: y- on Shopify. Too. So why is this is this not the standard practice? What's the challenge, in your view? Because you clearly spend just as much time as as we do with with customers. But well, ma-
3: manag- managing managing businesses from like a cohort perspective, yeah. is still a, a relatively new thought process. I think interesting. Um, and the 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 idea of buying a customer and then um, profiting them o- over the over the lifetime, I think I think something that most like, well, definitely like first time founders don't don't immediately think about. Um, so I think they could think about things like what product best introduces them to the brand, and then what would they then like to consume next, rather, rather almost like narrowing the product offering so that they can they can get a, a really kind of um, good experience of, of the brand initially.
0: So now maybe maybe I'm gonna you know dig a little bit deeper, but we're you know one of the things that we're doing with um, our our series is really targeting this massive amount of early stage founders that are still very much building their their brand. They're thinking about how to to scale very rapidly. What do you think is the roadmap? What what would be the sort of three things that you should you know you would advise somebody at the get go? Um, putting together their their plan and thinking about scaling?
3: I think,
2: I mean, I think it depends what they're selling. Um...
0: Assuming that they're all in consumer, so they're okay. all very much D2C. So obviously we've, this is what we specialize in, I know that you're very focused on that as well. So D2C businesses, what should those founders do from day one?
2: I mean I think for, this is slightly like probably quite contrary particularly as we are we are like a D2C agency but yeah. I do, I think I get a lot of um, particularly a lot of, of our kind of brands that are very much like focused on like selling I don't know for example drinks um yep. like ready to drink cocktails or something
0: We
1: have them as well Yeah, yeah that's a big market <laughs> right but, now But
2: some of them don't think about or they do think about like trying to do wholesale but like don't don't put they put far more of their like eggs in the D2C basket yeah. as opposed to like let's go out and try and get like planet organic or like whole yeah. foods or something to start my product Where like i think ultimately trying to make money due to see shipping ex- like expensive heavy drinks is it's typically like a bit of a loss leader it's more like a brand exercise as opposed to like anything that's realistically going to make you money um, so that's, I think, I think brands these days need to be thinking, I mean, whatever you're selling to us, you need to be thinking omni-channel. Um, I mean, even like our biggest, cl- our biggest client represent a very much like D2C only like men's fashion brand. And now like kind of, they know that to get from 50 million to 250 million, they need to be like, I mean, I think basically... I mean their wholesale is is going through the roof. They expect their D to C to kind of grow in line with the industry, but their wholesale is gonna like go through like stratos- strat needs to go stratospheric really for them to like hit their revenue targets. Wow. So like, yeah, I think I think D to C is like a silver bullet is is like a wrong word of thinking about it. It is like a it's a kind of a channel, but it is not like the channel anymore. And particularly with Facebook ads becoming so becoming so expensive like you just can't rely on on like cheap acquisition. Um, so yeah, trying to get in wholesale where you can, and obviously you need like kind of the product to be good, and you need like a bit of brand recognition, which the DTC helps with. But I think like omnichannel needs to be the focus. I think like you
0: know clearly you know the the drink space, the you know, mixed cocktails that we all love and probably have abused many times in the past. Um, I'm absolutely convinced that there are products that have very good margins and we've seen skincare we've seen fashion with exceptional margins so dtc then becomes the strategy for getting the brand at least to the first um 5 million um because it's so difficult to, for them for those particular brands to be in Fenwick, in Selfridges yeah. in John Lewis, it's so much more competitive than let's say being on a shelf at uh, Sainsbury's or Waitrose or, or Tesco's. Yeah. So h- what would be the advice for that sort of founder that is con- contemplating a product and the economics are just slightly different, so I mean, they have a good, good margin.
3: So like a kind of fashion product? Yeah. It, d- it depends, oh, the it depends where they are in their in their life cycle a little bit as, as well. I mean the first year they just need to survive. So they need to sell their product yes. where, 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 wherever, wherever they can find someone who's willing to buy it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and if that's a business buying it, then great. If, that's a, if they can do that on DC, then great. I mean, you're, you're just trying to find out who your customers are in, in, the, in your first year. And then you can start narrowing down, getting, getting a bit more thoughtful about it.
2: Yeah. I, um, do, I mean, I do, yeah, I would definitely agree. Like, like a beauty, beauty as a category is completely different to selling like cocktails in a can. I oh, could you not agree with
0: you more. Yeah, I mean, you um,
2: can ship like a hundred pound, like eyeliner or something, and it's like the shipping is like a pound or whatever. Whereas, like if you're shipping like twenty four pack of ready to drink cocktails, the shipping is going to cost you, like twenty five quid, oh. and, and the margins are just are not there. Um, but yeah, and I think to Tom's point, like I think initially you just need to like get your product out there and see where people are, see like who is buying it, and like what what people are like reacting to with it, and D2C is a pretty good channel for doing that because it. I mean, you don't need to be in Fenwick or Sainsbury's.
3: Yeah, you get great data from any sale that you you make on D 2 C. So if you're managing subscription, you've got your cancellation reasons, and and immediately you can use your cancellation reasons to start impacting your product. So, do people like the product? Do I need to improve the product? How I, is the way that I'm delivering the product something which fits <coughs> with the client's behaviour. Um. You can collect that if if you're doing one time purchases but it's it's a little bit more difficult so yeah i mean you do collect you you want to, you want to have d to c um informing your 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 general strategy but i i do think like make money wherever you can initially mm-hmm. um yeah i mean even like going out and just like Hustling it, (laughs) well, Freddie Flowers is a fantastic example. They've 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 absolutely killed it with um, like door to door, yeah, flowering. So yeah, yeah.
0: I know another amazing company that started like that, uh, the Modern Milkman. Such an ex- exceptional story. Um, love the founder. Love the brand. Love the product. Um, and it started exactly this was the it, same it, way, door milk, to door. Milk,
2: milk, presumably. Yes,
0: yes. Dairy <laughs> products. They've expanded yeah. a little bit the the product range now, that, and they've grown exceptionally uh, well over the past few years. Um, but yeah, similar similar brand. But it's
2: yeah. I mean, it's also like the Innocent smoothies folks. Mm. You know, their their founding story was. I think they turned up at some trade show of like. A load of product, in yeah. two bins, and like <laughs> the bin said, like I like it. The other bin said I hate it, and like they just went and like gave everyone free smoothies, and like by the end of it, like the I like it bin was full, and like they had a load of conversations with people saying like it. Like, really like the flavor of this, or the people who didn't like, were like yeah, it's a bit too tart or whatever for oh. me. So like it formed it basically gave them the like the go ahead to start to like move ahead with the business, and then they got a load of like information about like what how their products were like being
3: yeah pe- pe- people fixate on um, paid paid acquisition don't they on like facebook and google whereas they that might not be the best bang for your buck when you're getting started Mm. um and maybe it is just standing in a crowded place trying to trying to trying to sell it it face to face get that
0: i i know that we're gonna yeah we're gonna come to that one but i just have one 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 question on on data and i know that many uh, there are quite a an avalanche of changes happening on google especially here in europe with data privacy and the restrictions of cookies, so retargeting potentially might be very difficult starting next year. Um, What is your advice, especially for your clients and obviously some of ours as well and people listening to, to the series, what should we do from a data perspective and is, for example, Shopify as a platform supporting that exercise are the you know are the things that we should do now for as brands to start collecting that data and to start have better gauge on our consumer because that is going to become a lot more expensive and my get my guess a lot more difficult.
3: So I think with a lot of these questions, it's what pro- what what's the product? What are you selling? Um, if you're selling if you're selling um, a powdered milk product, um, yep. you need to you need to be very precise about when you target someone who's just had a baby if you're targeting mm. um you know men's t-shirts for example yep. it's it's very general you just target men um so so I, I think i think you need to think about like what questions you want to answer with the data and 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 collect collect stuff that's going to help inform make decisions um so i think it does depend a little bit on on the on the product category there's a there's a ton of very cheap tools that you can use to analyze Quite a, uh, quite a broad data set. Mm. M- most small businesses struggle to, with the volume of data and they don't really kind of ask the right questions. So, of the data. so
0: what tools would you recommend to companies, especially the very early stage founders?
3: Um, I mean, everyone
2: should be integrating Google Analytics. Yeah, like, Google
3: well. Analytics basics.
2: But like. then go back to Shopify, they, they've not even, they've not yet implemented the new Google Analytics. Um, mm. which has been around for like a while you have to manually do that which as a small business founder it's not like something people can easily do like out of the box I mean you can but it's mm. it's not like it's not like a kind of a five minute job interesting but yeah GA um, Hotjar is a well, I think actually Microsoft Clarities is now completely free is it? it's the same it's, the same. Yeah. it's like heat mapping um, but Hotjar also have like kind of post-purchase surveys and things like that which kind of going to Tom's point of like finding out like actually kind of Qualitatively, like, like what people like and don't like about your product, and the kind of customer experience on your website, and like even how your brand looks and feels, just getting that in words can be immensely valuable. But you just need to give so, people the opportunity to give you that data.
3: So we were uh, We were I've worked with a pet food business before, and um, we had a team of five. And each Friday, we used to split all of the cancellations and manually call up each person who'd cancelled and ask, and just we asked them why. Why they would cancelled their subscription? So they'd given a cancellation reason. They said, "You know, you've you've said it doesn't doesn't fit in your freezer. Um, is, is there anything you liked? What could we do that could improve the product that wouldn't that would bring you back to the, the, Interesting. the site?" And then we kind of pulled out the key the key points. So we did a bit of analysis on on the responses we got. Some people went back to the site and uh, re signed up because we'd called them up. Um, but it was very valuable information. So you can just use tools, but you know, very frequently there's there's a lot of value in just doing the hard work, yeah. c- calling people up, really, yeah, you know, really engaging with customers. Yeah,
2: that's
0: very good to know.
2: The, the um, what's it, I forget his name, Paul something that he's the founder of like Y Combinator, but his like he wrote this famous essay called like Do Things That Don't Scale, like right at the beginning, so, like so exactly that like. I mean, like like a, like a thousand-person business. I mean, you probably could have someone like calling up each individual <laughs> customer, but like right at the beginning, you're finding you're kind of both finding out why people cancelled, which is immensely valuable, and you're also like showing these people that you care, yeah. like, that you care about the product and how they're yes. interacting yeah. with it. So like yes. they might come back because just because you gave them a call. Yeah. But like it's inherently like not that scalable, but it is immensely valuable when you're starting yeah. a business just doing. I mean, it's, it's it's the same as going out and like hustling on the street corner, just like literally speaking with people.
1: For a lot of d to c businesses obviously their website is very important in you know receiving sales so for those who are listening who are starting their own website or are finding their current one what would you say like in regards to how much time they should spend on that um and how much budget they should put put behind that you know it will be it's, interesting to see what you
3: it's 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 think. so it's so dependent on where you are on your, yeah. your in your in your um brand brand development um in the early days i would have said like investing a lot of money on um designing the perfect thing is is probably n- not the best use of your time or money, um, or money. <laughs> <laughs> which we should we shouldn't really be saying as, as web developers yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah get get so, get something up um and make it make it just very easy for people to to buy things um as you mature you you develop more brand equity and um and then and then the relationship you want to have with the customer uh changes a little bit so you do want something that's uh, better designed um tells more of a story but but i think most people when they start don't really know what story they're telling or how to or how how to tell it in the most engaging way
2: yeah 100% yeah i mean it's uh, let's go back to this, your point of like like just find it, find find the people who are going to buy like you don't really know when you first <laughs> launch your product like do you even have product market fit like you don't you don't know Yeah. so like just get I mean Shopify you can launch a site I mean I, again shouldn't be telling you this because we've done a lot more money for the service than this but you genuinely can launch a site for I mean whatever Shopify costs you can get a free theme you can throw your products in it you can hop on Canva which costs like five pounds a Canva. month or something, like knock together like some very like basic branding. You could yeah. be up and running with a new site with, with like a very basic kind of theme template in like an hour or two.
1: Yeah.
2: Um and start selling. I mean that's the yeah. whole beauty about Shopify is like you like anyone can become an entrepreneur in literally like an hour. So yeah, I mean I think to start, if you don't have any funding and you're just kind of trying to figure out like if people
3: actually want to buy your product, don't spend any money on your site. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. And then Fortunately for us things get a bit more complicated. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, exactly. People find product market fit and get funding or like make sales and they're like, right, we need to like upgrade our, our kind of brand experience, so they hire a branding agency, upgrade their kind of their web presence, like the whole like digital like like presence of their business and then that's where we come in.
3: Yeah, Tom and I Tom and I when we started um we we, t- we took about a year before we started the brand exercise. Uh so we we traded for a year. And our business model changed so dramatically within that first year that anything we had spent on branding day one uh would have been t- a total total I mean, our, waste our
2: our branding day one was me on canva really? <laughs> <laughs> I um, our, it was i really laughing. it it was so purple
3: we had a purple fade <laughs> it was I love it was purple. really bad yeah <laughs> I'll, 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 dig, I'll, dig, I'll dig out the logo and you, i'll send it to you, you yeah you, you wouldn't have lo- loved that one no. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was impossible to love at <laughs> um, um, what age did you start Together? Oh, this was
2: oh, this was like two years ago. Okay,
3: about two years ago we knocked this up. That's um, when you
1: started working together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
3: So, so we we've recently worked with um, a f- a friend of ours who's a big food and drink um, branding uh, agency guy, and he's he's done a he's done a really nice job of like giving us a fresh look. Um, but yeah, I think I think at that point we kind of knew what we were about. Um, we had established our values. Like we had a team that we could also bounce the branding off. It's like, does this feel right to you? So it's not just Tom and I kind of thinking in a box. But but yeah, definitely de- definitely year one, just make money. At, for the lowest cost like trying
0: what color have
3: you gone for oh god now, we still
2: have some wacky colors but a lot of it is like kind of bit, it's a bit more like monochromatic like black and white but with like a few jazzy colors yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: yeah. so no purple
2: Colourful. i think there is actually a purple there's, there's, a, little, there's a purple yeah, yeah there is a little purple still. there's also like a highlighted green i mean there's some funky colors still but like
1: our website is very funky as well isn't it a lot of yellow, <laughs> a lot of yellow,
0: multi mm-hmm. colours, a lot of yellow. Yeah.
3: <laughs> but the, yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting conversation. Um, I would have said I would say day one. You want to keep you want to you want to make sure that you're doing really good accounting from day one. Make sure that like each month you're reconciling, keeping really on top of the numbers. Like don't lose control of stuff and 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 you know take your eye off like what's actually driving the business I think I think that's a good thing to set up day one
2: I mean I think going back to branding a little bit I mean (laughs) as a B2B business like I don't think it really matters at all if you are kind of a consumer business I mean I don't think you need like to spend thousands and thousands on like a branding agency but if you're not like super if you've not done anything like this before it's probably worth spending a little bit of money on like having someone if you're making I don't know a ready to drink seltzer like hard seltzer or something whatever um it's probably worth making that can look nice and having having like some nice brand assets that you can then use like on the web or as leaflets if you're going going out like firing, whatever it is but yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't go and spend like hundreds of thousands or even like tens of thousands like i mean maybe like a, a grand or two on getting like someone who who's built a, who's done brand design before to make you some nice assets that's probably worth spending some money on.
3: The product needs to be really good, and the product
2: needs. I mean, the product. I mean, that's table stakes. If, if the product's rubbish, people aren't going to come back and buy it.
3: Yeah, if the products if the product's amazing in in a in a in a packet which um, isn't isn't necessarily beautiful, then you're going to get that feedback from people, and you can sort out the you can source out the branding, and the packaging packaging a little later. Um, yeah, I would said being being product focused and like discipline focused in the early days is yeah. super important. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. I mean, I think kind of the pa- the packaging needs to look like nice enough that people would take it off the shelf and, and drink it. Yeah. But it does. You know, you don't need to be spending tons of money on on getting to that point. Yep.
3: Yeah, pa- it, it's a p- perfection is the enemy of the good, isn't
2: it? Yeah, exactly. Like you can, yeah. You just need to get it out there and and exactly find out who your customers and see if people are actually buying it. You can spend like years and years like. Trying to find the perfect product or trying to find the perfect brand, but actually you just need to get like ninety percent of the way there, and you can figure out the final ten percent as you go.
0: Yeah, um, you know one one of the things that we're we're working with two types of companies. There are some that are very established, and they've gone from the kitchen table to now tens and tens and in some some cases um, thousands of products, which makes the website incredibly important. How how do you advise people going about personalizing, especially recommending other products that could be suitable for a specific type of customer? Because I think that that is a very important exercise that happens, I would say, around kind of, let's let's not put it a series A, but, but usually a company, when it kind of goes from five million onwards in revenue, annual revenue, it usually starts to have quite a, a Broad range of of products, especially in the consumer space. Yeah, um, and for me, I think that that is the true um, transition from your no longer early stage, because you you deliver something that is a unique experience for each of your customers. How do you guys achieve that for so your clients?
3: We're, we're working with we're working for the client client represent at the moment, um, and. The, we are we're spending what ordinarily would be a quite quite sophisticated project design um, to develop like filtering and search functionality. Uh, so so like how how do the collections link together? Um, how do you navigate through the collections through the menu? Um, and you can be, you can be very thoughtful about about making making things clear, easy to navigate, easy to search. Um, there's tools like Algolia out there in the market. Mm-hmm um which if customized m- deliver you very fast search results but also um enables you to kind of search between products i think they've got a recommendation engine which is coming in as well
2: yeah i mean it's like there's i mean yeah there's a whole like scale of of like tech stack as well i mean there's the out of the box shopify like you may also like kind of thing that i mean it's just built into shopify which is pretty basic and then there's like the next levels tools like rebuy which like if you, if you like you can just set it up as if you if people typically bought this then they might also buy that and there's some kind of rudimentary ai on that and then use like i mean it keeps going up both in terms of like complexity to kind of tools like algolia nosto lime spot um and like you can get really kind of granular and I like, mean, i mean some of the i mean the conversion rate on some of these recommendations are like it, it's amazing when these tools pay for themselves um like in in weeks but obviously the price kind of goes up in line with that because they're they're fairly heavy duty so you can expect to pay like for for like heavy duty tool of this like an Algolia, probably 50k a year if you're like i like that's at like a a, probably a brand doing 50 50 mil a year that's that's probably the level that they'll be paying for one of these tools
3: okay I, i mean there's 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 two there's two customer journeys that you need to think about. You've got you've got the first time customer and the returning customer. Um, so so the first time customer personalization is really about like navigating them and well you first need to explain what the brand is. So you need to get, you need to do some storytelling. It tends to be done kind of on the homepage or with email or with, or with marketing. Then they arrive at the site you need to you need to help them find the pro- a, a product which they're likely to buy. So the navigation it's mainly a UX exercise then. Needs to be very clear. Um, and then once they've bought something, you have, you have the data point about the last purchase. Um, so you then want to, you then want to, you, you know, you know, that, you know, they're male or female, you know, um, you know, their size. So you, you can, you can immediately start like recommending new product releases based on, based on the data that you've got. Um, so I think it's, it's interesting to think about the new versus returning customer journey in that respect. And there's slightly different strategies to deploy based on, based on how much you da- data you have on the customer.
0: Amazing.
1: In regards to what's going on in the market currently, so what types of business do you see excelling? You've mentioned like hard seltzer drinks, but what other <laughs> forms of businesses? You talked on that quite a fair yeah, bit. Yeah, um, I mean, as was as it's going drinks category. Yeah. So, yeah. But what other types of businesses do you see excelling right now?
3: I mean, our, best, our best clients have incredible products. So yeah. like either they're using... Um
1: what types of products are they
3: selling? So um I mean uh, by by far our our fastest growing client um is represent um and they they take uh like designer um quality materials and they price it in between like high street and designer so mm-hmm. that their price point isn't like top designer Major price high, point yeah. but they have co- the quality of of like the very best products in the market, so um, you're you're getting you're getting a much better product for the price. Yeah. Um, but it- they've
2: they've really like I was listening to a podcast the other day which talked about like the myth of brand loyalty or like how brand loyalty really is a myth in like 99 of the case. Like most of the time, mm-hmm. people aren't loyal to your iPhone, loyal to like an iPhone case or like a mm. or, like whatever it is. It's it's normally convenience and habit. But I think. Represent are very much in that 1% of like their fans are like true fans. We went to like a day up north, like where they had a like, kind of a strategy day and they invited like 150 of their like biggest purchases, and every single one of them had, I mean, they're just normal, normal folks on normal salaries had all spent like. <laughs> That probably ninety percent of their disposable income on representing clothes over the last like three years.
0: Shocking. <laughs> yeah,
2: insane amounts of money on on the clothes, but like it's like that kind of you can't you can't you can't just like manufacture that kind of brand loyalty. This the
3: the the fa- the, the founders um, and and the staff all just live and breathe the brand they, they live and breathe they, it. they love it and there's like there's, there's there's incredible passion there they really believe in what they're doing It really comes and it comes across, it like, comes yeah. across yeah. yeah so I'm, i i th- I, th- I think in, i think in, in founder integrity is incredibly important and the quality of the products really really important um but to answer your question <laughs> <laughs> what what categories do we see coming
2: up uh i mean yeah i mean we do see, we do see a lot of like we do see a lot of ready to drink <laughs> like basically like basically like low cal, like either low cal or low alcohol or no alcohol um ready to uh, yeah either like ready to drink or kind of um kind of like spirit replacements that kind of thing but yeah i mean a lot we've got probably three or four clients doing so either hard seltzers or like non-alcoholic ready to drink cocktails so they're kind of like alcohol but with a twist so it's either like alcoholic water or it's looks like alcohol, tastes <laughs> tastes like it should be alcohol but isn't. Mm. Oh, but how it will have like kind of like kind of adaptogenic qualities mm. or whatever, like gives you kind of a non alcoholic buzz.
3: What I mean healthy alternatives to healthy unhealthy, anti- popular, yeah popular products exactly, is, is exactly, a is a big yeah. theme. yeah, um, yeah like uh, um, roasted crisps versus fried crisps. Low 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 calorie alternatives. I yeah. mean, there's a bunch. um bunch guys, in that category. Yeah, yeah. yeah
2: the no. The, the, I lo- that's a product I absolutely love. Yeah, we've got a client called Simply Roasted that do like they get, they get kind of 95 percent of the way to like this crisp has been deep fried, except with like 50 percent of the the calories because it's been like roasted in some sort of Kind of custom roasting machine. Um, <laughs> but like I saw they'd launched some Waitrose like the other day they like, totally sold out and like most of the waitros yeah. they're in. They're absolutely amazing. They're really yeah. good. I love
3: so them. So they've created a, a product which is a, which is equivalent or better quality, um, but as much healthier for you. And yeah. I, I, th- those those sort of things seem to be doing quite well. Yeah. Um, try to think if which other. But ones then the,
2: the flip side, I was looking at a brand the other day, which I love. Um called I mean I don't know how, yeah. how you sell it for, for FUPS. It's like FFPU uh, S, uh, yeah I don't know. it's like a really <laughs> weird spelling and they've gone like really childish with the branding and like the whole thing is like screw better for you like these are just naughty snacks <laughs> 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 so i don't know whether there's going to okay. be like a rise of like but be- like screw better for you let's let's just go back to like being a little bit naughty because yeah. like it's a treat like it doesn't have to be healthy
1: yeah because consumers are so much more health conscious now aren't they um they're more, you know, careful as to how many calories they're eating every day and stuff. So, yeah, we're definitely seeing a rise with those types of brands.
2: But yeah, there will be a
1: inevitable backlash yeah, is going. Wellness, yeah, yeah. health and wellness,
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you know what? It, it happens all the way up to, I would say, the first week of December. And then it stops for like five, six weeks. And then it comes back. Second half of January. Well, speak for yourself,
2: <laughs> <probably>.
0: <laughs> Um Well, <laughs> we'll speak in January.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. I, I am the I am the guiltiest
3: kind of
0: <laughs> We're gonna have um, you know five, six different Christmas meals. So yeah, why not? Um, okay, so I guess, um, guys, we're you know we're having fun and we run out of time Um, I'm so grateful to have you in our podcast series I could stay here for the next four or five hours but unfortunately we have to you know wrap it up I'm so grateful for you know all your insight I feel that I've learned something yeah
1: definitely Um,
0: and I feel that the listeners the founders that are really keen on building the amazing story they're gonna go back and they're going to reach out to you and we're going to share your details, um, how they can reach out to you um, in our in our um, on our website and on our social media. So thank you so much. And I cannot wait for the second time we do this.
3: <laughs> oh, great. It's yeah. That was fun. Yeah. 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 Thank you for having um, us. Thank, you. The thank you guys.
1: Thank you. <laughs>